All right, good morning. Welcome to the uh, 945 service. This is the uh, earliest that some of you guys have ever been here before, so thanks for being here. Um, hey, I actually want to give a shout out to um, anyone who is visiting with us this weekend. Thanks for being here. We're just honored that you'd come and you'd, you'd hang out with us, especially on a weekend where maybe you had to get up a little bit earlier, all right? And so uh, thanks for being here. We're just honored that you'd come and, and be a part of this. If you are new, there's a, a welcome card it's in the seat back in front of you. Fill it out. You take it to the welcome booth. They're going to send you home with a gift, uh, just something from us to say thanks for being here. And then we're also going to be giving back to God right now, so that's what those uh, buckets are for. Um, Doyle, guess what? What? I learned something today. About time. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we have liquid gold on this campus. Did you know that? Yeah, we have liquid gold all over this campus. It's called hand sanitizer. <laughs> yeah, I found out. Yeah, so um, I, apparently it's very difficult to get a hold of uh, hand sanitizer, and we have it all over this campus. And so maybe you got some on the way in. The kids' building is flowing with hand sanitizer, um, and they've been wiping down all the doors. Also. So uh, those of you who are a little bit worried about germs and all that kind of stuff, um, we are doing, uh, we're doing the best that we can, and I think it's pretty good. So um, don't stress about that. Uh, also, a couple things is I want to give you some updates of some stuff that's been happening around here. Um, one is that on, let's see, Friday night, the youth department had an all-nighter. And here's what I do realize is no youth parents are afraid of sending their kids out because there was 250 of them there. Um, yeah. So they had a, they had a blast. Uh, they, they rented out a couple of facilities, one a trampoline park where they had it to themselves, and they had a whole amusement park that they rented out, and uh, it was just, uh, it was chaotic, and so it was really fun. Our youth, I think, are still recovering from that, um, our youth staff, and so that was uh, great. If you know any youth that um, would uh, love to be a part of that, please send to our youth department. Lots of good stuff going on out there. And then last week, I talked a little bit about the Pass Forward campaign and give you some updates, and I promised you that um, we were going to be starting the construction this week, and it has happened. And so I think we got just a couple quick pictures of uh, the demolition that is taking place in the building. It is all coming down. And it's coming down pretty quick. And so um, if you're not familiar with this project, it's called the uh, it's called the Pass Forward Campaign, and we are turning our former auditorium into what's going to be called the Community Life Center. And that's where all of our rooted groups and CR and step studies and all that kind of good stuff is going to be taking place. And so construction has begun. So if you're given to that project or you want to give, um, continue to do so because it's moving forward. And then finally, we have these uh, bracelets, and they're uh, Jesus Changes Everything bracelets. They say SCG 2020, and they're real popular, and um, we love them. It's representing not only uh, Seacoast, but of course Jesus in our communities, and we ran out of those in the first weekend. I think 3,000 of them were gone like that, and then we ordered uh, a second batch, and they were from China, and so it's taken a while. And so... Uh, <laughs> And so we finally got them in, and here's the good news. They are in. We got 4,500 more, and we've got men's, women's, and kids' sizes. So everybody can represent out there, all right? So uh, kids' sizes are in the kids' building, or if you're like my wife, uh, she has to wear kids' sizes as well. So that's fine. Whatever, okay? Um, anything else that we need to be talking about? No, I'll get to that. Okay. Um, oh, 21-day fast is over this weekend. Yes. How could I forget the 21-day fast? Uh, we have been fasting as a church that um, God would do something powerful here, that he would use us in order to impact people and change people's lives and introduce them to Jesus. And so we've just been fasting and praying as a church that he would give us those opportunities and that he would, uh, that he would use us. And it's been a pretty incredible experience. In fact, that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today. Um, but for some people, it's been challenging as well. Is, uh, I've been on the 21-day fast, and I will tell you, last night I broke the fast, and I shattered the fast, really. <laughs> 
I, I went really hard, okay? I, it's like I'm trying to make up for the lost calories at this point. Um, we have tri-tip sandwiches out there, and so I, they are fantastic. So I ate two of those after just for a warm-up last night. And uh, then I headed directly to In-N-Out, and I got a double-double. I got some fries. I went home, ate a couple snacks, and finished it off with a bunch of Oreos. So, hey, we're ready. All right. Back in it, you know? I just had a Red Bull right before this service. First caffeine in three weeks. Yee-hoo! Okay. So, I'm excited. Um, I'm excited. All right. <laughs> uh, it's nothing like that first uh, Red Bull, you know, right after a fast. You're just, ah, it's so sweet when it hits your I think lips. That's anyway. Called, I think that's called addiction. Yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure. Is there a group for that around no, I here? Think I think there's a group for that. Okay. I heard a, a funny story last weekend. We were um, at a birthday party of some family friends. They go to this church. They have kids that are the same age as our kids. And and their parents are doing the, the fast with us. And so they were doing the Daniel fast so they couldn't have certain foods. And, and their uh, third grade son, he caught me at the party and he said, hey, I gotta tell you something. And I said, yeah, what's up, buddy? And he goes, you see that popcorn over there? And they had a big popcorn machine. And he said, I came in before the party and I saw my parents scarfing down on that popcorn. <laughs> and I told them, you cannot eat that. That is full of butter and you're on a fast, mom and dad. How could you do that? I said, I'm gonna have a serious talk with them, son. And, uh, and he said, can I tell you something else? I said, please do. <laughs> and, and he said, my mom said, when you leave this party, she is gonna scarf down on that cake right there. I said, I'll be praying for your parents, okay? <laughs> I'll be praying for them. So, called them out. Uh, oh, finally, last weekend is we had an incredible weekend where we just had tons of people who at every service uh, decided to follow Jesus. They raised their hand, and it was a, it was a cool experience. Yes, super fun. Um, and so if that was you, um, one, I want to congratulate you. But because it was kind of a spur of the moment, like I, I don't think even Doyle knew that he was going to do that um, until Saturday night when he just started talking. And so we weren't really totally prepared. And so this weekend we're a little bit more prepared for all those folks who came to Christ as we wanted to send you home with something. And so we made these bags, and you can get them at the guest services center out in the lobby. And they just have things like there's a Bible in here, um, there's a reading plan, there's a, a note from us, there's a SCG mug because you need one of these, right? right? Okay, all right, all right. Um, so I thought it was exciting. I was excited about this. It won't get this. you to heaven, but... It won't get you to heaven, but it'll, it'll keep your stuff cold and, or yeah, not. Yeah, okay, yeah, all right, yeah, forget yeah. that. Okay, we're done with that. Anyway, uh, so go by the guest services booth and grab one of those, and we just want to congratulate you. Thank you for, for being a part of what we're doing, or if you want to make a commitment today, we'd love to talk to you about that um, as well. So what are we doing today? So uh, I started a talk last week uh, and, and realized that we were supposed to go a different direction. So I want to kind of finish that talk today. And we're going to interweave in this, uh, in this talk um, some stories that have happened in the last 21 days and just some of the things that God has done because we, uh, we've kind of chosen to draw close to God by uh, avoiding or, or just setting aside some things. Uh, some of us said social media, some of us have been certain foods, um, whatever it might be. And, uh, and I think that some amazing things have happened. So we kind of want to talk about both of those. So last week, if you remember, uh, last week, and by the way, if you weren't here last week, I think top three services in all of Seacoast history, don't you think? That was awesome. I think so. Yeah. So I don't want you to feel bad or anything, but probably missed one of the best ever. You can watch it online if you want. Uh, and, and, and it was primarily because of uh, uh, Brian and Nicole's 
uh, story. And they told their story, and we'll talk a little more about that in a moment. But if you, if you haven't seen last week, you're kind of kind of miss a part of our corporate memory because it was a powerful thing. So go catch up on that. It'll, it'll inspire you. Um, so uh, we're talking about uh, that as we go through the fast, God will lead you to some assignments, some things that he wants you to do that are both an incredible, exciting adventure for you and benefit God's kingdom and uh, wonderful. So we want to talk a little more about how to step into those and how to be ready because here's kind of something uh, that I've observed and other people observe during a time of fasting and prayer. As we, as we draw closer to God, some things happen. Um, and, and if you'll notice uh, in, in scripture, Jesus, Cornelius, uh, Paul and Barnabas, all of these began ministry out of time of prayer and fasting. And so there is something about prayer and fasting that helps us focus on why we're here and what God wants to do through us. And part of what happens, I believe, during that time for sincere is God kind of softens our heart or changes our heart. It makes us more compassionate, more aware of other people's needs and their eternal needs, especially. And then as we, he does that, he gives us opportunity to kind of step into that and to use that and, uh, and, and empowers us by the Holy Spirit to speak up when we get a chance to encourage someone in their spiritual journey. And he even gives us the words to say. And so as we kind of go through this process, it begins with us being ready and then being willing. And the readiness is drawing close to God. And then the willingness is stepping into the opportunities he gives us. And uh, I think Amy had uh, one of those last week. Yeah, so uh, my, my wife is one of the singers here. And um, last week, because on Saturday night we saw it was such a powerful experience and we didn't, you know, we weren't anticipating it. On Sunday, we wanted to make sure that we were ready. And so uh, the band decided that they wanted to spend extra time in prayer before the service. And so they spread out throughout the auditorium and they just began praying for all the people who might make decisions um, and uh, who might raise their hand. And so my wife was over, I think it was in this section, and she was praying and she was sitting in a seat. And she was just talking about, you know, one, preparing her own heart to be ready to worship and to be ready to lead in worship, but also that whoever might sit over there, that they may come to know God as well. And so she's up here at the 1045 service, and she was up here leading, and it was during the time where we were doing the invitation, and she was watching in this section, in the seat that she was sitting in, this young woman raised her hand and accepted Christ. And it was very emotional. You could tell that she was very emotional and that her family that was with her was very emotional. And, and Amy was just super pumped, like super excited. So as soon as, the, as soon as the song finished, she jumped off stage and ran to that seat and was like, I've been praying for you, which would freak me out if someone did that, right? <laughs> like if they jumped off the stage and ran up to me, and was like, I've been praying for you. It's like, okay, uh right on. So cool. This is all right. Uh, this is that kind of church, huh? And so she runs over there and, and she just gets to know and just, uh, just celebrates with her and her family and all that. And they, uh, and she gets to, to know the young woman. She even talked to her again today. And it was just really cool because not only was she getting herself prepared to worship, um, but she was also kind of uh, being attentive and looking forward to what God was going to do. And so it was just a cool moment and a cool moment of affirmation for not only her and the, the team, but also that, that young woman. So if God really does have us on this great adventure and all these divine appointments waiting for us, and we, because of prayer and fasting, are drawing close to God and are more aware and more sensitive to that, some amazing things can happen. I want to read a passage found in Acts uh, chapter 8, verse 26, and uh, you can open your phone app if you want. And it says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official 
in charge of all the treasury of Candake, which means Queen of Ethiopia. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. The spirit told Philip to go to that chariot and stay near it. And so uh, it's important thing is not only be ready, be close to God and to be kind of in tune and make sure things are on track and not distracted by all the other stuff in life, but then be willing to go. So it's be ready and be available is kind of the the thing I want to put in your brain. uh, First off is uh, to be ready and be available, be sensitive. So when uh, when the spirit said to Philip, go, he went. But here's an interesting thing we have. Well, I don't know how the Spirit speaks. I don't know how God talks to people. Well, I need to tell you, God has never spoken to me in an audible voice. I hear Connie's voice a lot, my wife. (laughs) She thinks she's a representative of God, and she probably is. But here is how it looks for most of us, is that there is either an opportunity put right in front of us, or there is a prompting, a thought, like, oh, I should go. I should go talk to so-and-so. I should, and it might just be your own kindness or compassion, but if you're somebody like him who has no compassion and it happens, you know it's, okay. I didn't even see the bus coming and you threw me under it. <laughs> I, I was just over here minding my own business, That's what's man. good about it. When you don't see it coming, it's the best ones. Oh. So, we, okay, so when you're like me and you're not really compassionate naturally and you feel that you know the Holy Spirit is going, remember the whole story of the Good Samaritan? The story of the Good Samaritan was that he responded when nobody else did. And when when you get that thought, so we were driving to the gym one day, separate cars, driving to the gym, and uh, meeting there, actually, and, but we came down the same street, and he was not far behind me, and there was a, literally, there is a person laying on the side of the road, and their head, uh, their upper torso is in the bushes, so they obviously just fell there, nobody could lay down that, that way, and their feet are sticking out over the sidewalk almost to the street. And there are cars, I mean, this is rush hour in the morning, there are cars going by, hundreds, and nobody has stopped. And so we said, we should, I called him, we should turn around and go back. So turn around, I went back because I didn't want to work out that day, but I think he had a prompting. Mm. And, uh, and there's, we should go do something to help this person. And we were able to call the police to call the ambulance and, and they got help. But in those moments, sometimes it's just kindness, but sometimes it's the Holy Spirit going, you know, you, you could help out with this. You, this person needs a little encouragement. This person's going through something. Would you just care enough to, to be available to them? right? And so when, when we kind of get those prompting, those thoughts, those opportunities, we need to be available. We need to care enough to care, care enough to engage, to maybe to even notice. So here's what happened in verse 30 of Acts 8. Then Philip ran to the chariot. He didn't just kind of go, ah, okay, if I have to. He ran to the chariot. When God gives us an opportunity, if we understand what's at stake, the eternal destiny of someone, and the joy, and there is no greater joy than helping someone know where they're going to spend eternity in heaven. There's nothing better than that. That's the greatest thing in the world. Uh, If we understand that, we will run toward them because we're being sensitive to God. And then here's what happened. And he heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Why is that important? It's important because of the thing called felt needs. Felt needs. Um, So, Here's what we know. If, if Jesus is the ultimate answer to everything, and Jesus is, Jesus um, being forgiven for everything you've done wrong, letting him use you in this life for what you were made for, and promising you heaven forever, that's the most important thing everybody needs. But most of us don't get to that point. Most of us start at a felt needs level. 
My marriage is a wreck. Life feels empty. I'm struggling with addiction. I just got really bad health news. Those are the felt needs. And oftentimes that's how God will help us, allow us, give us an opportunity to speak into somebody's life. And eventually we get to talk about the deeper things. But we get to address the felt needs. So here is Philip. He hears him reading Isaiah and he's going, hmm, this guy, why would this guy, uh, uh, an Ethiopian, not a Jew, not an Israelite, an Ethiopian, why would he be reading our scriptures? Because he's a seeker for truth. He's looking for truth. So here's the felt need. This guy has a deep desire to understand truth. And so he is available. He runs toward him. And then he says, do you understand what you're reading? In other words, maybe I can help. These are, I understand these scriptures. I've studied these scriptures all my life. Could I just, under, and this happened to be a theological need, but he understood the felt need. And, uh, and some, when we're sensitive to God and to what other people are feeling, ways we can contribute to them, um, we have opportunities to step into that. Now, it's not about getting notches on your gun belt. I told them about Jesus. No, it's about truly caring, whether they ever come to faith or not. It's about truly caring about that person, having the opportunity to truly care about them. And so Philip, he didn't know what the outcome was going to be, but he knew he could help this guy understand Scripture, especially in light of who Christ was. So yeah, I think you have a story about someone doing that this, this last yeah, couple Yeah, so days. as I've been kind of just listening to people's stories and I get to hang out with different rooted groups and um, one of the themes that I've been hearing from a lot of seacoasters during this fast was it's as if God is just putting these opportunities in my in my path just just opening up these doors and many of the doors were open because of felt needs because someone would come to them and say hey here's what I'm struggling with here's something that's going on in my life and that just opened the door for a, a faith conversation and so I've heard stories about people who are at work and somebody is just really struggling financially and they're struggling with and through that, they were able to have a conversation and even pray for this. And I, I heard a great story about how someone prayed for somebody at work, and it was just this powerful experience. And I heard another story uh, about how they were at a baseball game with their kids, and at their kids' baseball game, and another parent just said, hey, you know, here's kind of something that we're dealing with, and, and here's... Uh, and it just became an open door for them to share about their faith. And, and I heard about phone calls out of blue. In fact, you had one this uh, last week where people call just out of nowhere. People you haven't seen in a while and say, hey, I'm struggling with this thing. Um, can you help me out? Yeah, I can actually. And so one of my favorite stories that I've heard um, in the last couple of weeks is a friend of mine who um, he was out to dinner with his wife and they were on their date night and they went to a nice restaurant and uh, they're just enjoying each other's company. And look, if you're a parent, especially a parent of young kids, you know how valuable it is to go on date night, right? And I don't even just mean like emotionally valuable, it's expensive, okay? You gotta get a babysitter, yeah, it's just, okay, so it's a big deal. And so when I go out on date night with my wife, it's just like, no one bother me right now, okay? This is a sacred moment, you're not in it. And so I, uh, I understand that when um, they sat down and they were enjoying their meal, when this woman came and sat next to them and then begins to talk to them, and then begins to, and she, you know, she, she may have had something to drink. I don't really know the, the background of the story, but it got to the point where um, she was just talking about her life and kind of all the struggles and all the things and how angry she was at the world and at men and all this stuff. And, and here's the honest, honest truth, is if this were me, and I'm sitting across the table from my wife on date night, and someone is just pouring their tears out on my nice meal, um, I would say, uh, that's a problem for you, okay? Is that too real? Is that, I mean, like, I'm off duty right now, you know? Like, I don't know, I don't know. Like, I can recommend a counselor, and I'm not him, so, <laughs> uh, 
Okay, look, that's like a legit, like, oh, I'm really sorry. I'd probably say something nicer like that. Like, oh, sorry, I'll pray for you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just kidding. Red Bull, huh? Yeah, just rebel. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, and my friend said, you know, that, that's how I would usually respond to. It's not that we don't care, but what am I supposed to do? We're at dinner right now, and, and as this woman is kind of explaining what she's going through in her life, he said the weirdest thing happened. And this is not how he would normally respond, but maybe it's because he had been fasting and he'd been aware. He said, I think you're, you're talking to the wrong people here because we're believers in Jesus and we really do believe that Jesus can change everything. And when he said that, this woman just broke down in tears. Something hit a chord. Obviously, there was something there for her when, when they said that. And so <laughs> by the end of it, they're all crying together and they're all hugging. And there's, you know, the, the wife is getting her information and texting her and all this stuff. And, and it was a cool, it was a cool like moment, especially for my friend, because he, he said, and I, I wrote down what he said. He says, I'm not that guy, like the kind of guy who just I don't know, cry in a nice restaurant with someone that he just met and be sharing Christ. And I'm not that guy. And he said, well, at least I wasn't that guy. Maybe I'm becoming that guy. I don't know what's happening to me right now. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, that's, that's right, is because God is now using us in order to influence people. No, I don't know what her story is. And maybe she came here this week and she's here right now, that, that woman that was in the restaurant. And, and I really do believe that you're, you're here for a reason. Um, but Maybe it was just for that moment or for the, the last week to just be an encouragement in order to bring some kind of hope and, and healing into her life. And so I thought it was kind of a cool thing where they were attentive to this woman's obvious felt needs, but they could also point her to what her real need was. So being sensitive to God and being sensitive to the people that he brings across your path, uh, how do we respond to that? What do you do? It sounds kind of, oh, I don't know. I don't want to cry in expensive restaurants. So, um, uh, let me read a passage for you. It's found in 1 Peter 3.15, and I think it kind of describes the process that happens when we draw close to God through prayer and fasting and in other ways. Um, it says this, but in your hearts, this is the critical part right here, in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. That's what we've been doing. We've been, we've been putting Christ first, even before meals or before social media, whatever it was you're fasting. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for your hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. So A, if we're revering Christ in our heart, we're drawing close to God. People will look at us and go, okay, what's up? What's the deal? I mean, you know, you got coronavirus, you got political stuff, you got all this stuff happening. The news says the sky is falling. What is with you? Why are you so hopeful? Well, let me tell you. I, I can tell you. And I can do it with gentleness and respect. Here's another thing. Not only be sensitive to God and sensitive to other people, but be helpful, not hurtful. Be helpful, not hurtful. We have something to offer people that can help them. There's no need to sit around judging people, pointing fingers at people, all that stuff. We're all sinners. It's just, have you been saved by grace yet or not? That's, and, and the grace is what we get to bring. And so when it talks about um, gentleness and respect, here's one of the things that I, I, I feel people get so intimidated about when they go to talk about faith issues, um, is they, they either, uh, when people say something, they're like offended by it, or they don't think they have the answers, whatever it is, interesting, gentleness and respect. Respect means, I, I, just, I just want to tell you my story. I'd love to hear your story. And then, then I'd love you to let me, let me tell you my story. And it's just an exchange of information. It is called, uh, something we don't have a lot of these days, a civil conversation. Right? We can still have those. We can, yeah, it may take the power of the Holy Spirit, but even in this culture, we can have them. 
And so we can just say, tell me your story. Can I just tell you my story? And we can just talk about that. And here's, here's a little bit of confidence you need. Gentleness. Gentleness. We all think of gentle as wimpy. It's not the same. Gentleness, the definition of the word in New Testament gentleness is is power under control. The picture, if you remember, I use this all the time. The picture is a war horse, this big, powerful horse at complete, under, completely under the control of the master, but ready to do whatever needs to happen. It's the picture of the big dad, big dad with a little tiny baby. The dad is being what? Weak? No, not at all. He's being gentle, right? As Christians, we don't need to feel inferior. We don't need to be intimidated. We, don't need, we, we have the power of the Holy Spirit at work. We talked about that last week. God wants to empower us, especially when you're on mission, doing something he wants you to do that can improve somebody's life forever. He will empower you. There's no need to be afraid. There's nothing wrong with saying, well, I don't know the answer to that, but I could get back to you. It's okay. Just if we step into that moment and just say, well, let me just tell you my story. That's a powerful way to be helpful, not hurtful, to be friendly, not fake. I actually care about you. Whether you come to believe in Jesus or not, I care about you. That's a part of what we're supposed to do. So be ready, be available, and be, uh, bring real good news, not fake news. And, and by that, I mean, I'm, I'm going to offend a lot of people right now. And it's okay. I've been on a fast. I'm close to God. Deal with it. So, um, okay. So, so sometimes, so if you read, if you read Solomon in Ecclesiastes, he has this phrase under the sun. And sometimes we begin to think that under the sun, in other words, excluding God from the equation of our lives, our world is the only way to deal with things. And if you live a life that's under the sun, if you live a life that is excluding God, then you have to say stupid things. Because it's the only way to try to comfort somebody because you don't really have any comfort to give somebody who's in crisis, all right? And so what I'm about to say is going to be offensive to some of you, but it's a great illustration. So, so for example, uh, when I do a funeral and people always say these cliches, these trite little empty cliches that are supposed to comfort somebody, but if you really stop to think about it, it's like, what does that mean? For example, oh, he's in a better place. And I always want to say, is he? I mean, I don't say that, that would be rude. I say it in a different way, but is he? And if they say, oh yeah, he was a Christian, I say, absolutely, that's so great. But oftentimes it's just, well, he's in a better place. So you're kind of just hoping that, right? Because you're not basing that on anything, right? Because it's empty. Well, for example, when somebody's going in for surgery, I see this on, on social media all the time, sending prayers and good thoughts your way. Well, hey, why are you praying to them? If they had power to fix themselves, they wouldn't be going in for surgery. So why are you sending prayer to them? Send prayer to God for them, okay? Maybe that's grammatical, I don't know, but. And good thoughts. Good thoughts. Psst. <laughs> you good now? No surgery, right? I thought you would be less cranky after you broke your fast, but. No, I'm, I'm still a little bit on it, so. Oh. I know that was rude, but I do, I do, here's the bottom line is, as Christians, we have something real to offer. We don't just have empty words that hope, so we live in a culture that just wants to make everything better right now. It'll be okay, it's okay, let's just make it better right now. Even if long term, it's not beneficial at all. To give somebody false hope or empty comfort is, we're to comfort people, absolutely, because we have something to comfort them with. There is a God. He knows your situation. The Holy Spirit can actually bring healing to your brokenness and your hurt. We have something real to offer. We don't need to offer empty cliches. 
Do you know what I'm saying? It's nice. It's a good intention on that person's part. I get it. They're trying to be nice. But you need something more than just thoughts to offer. You need a God. A God who can heal brokenness. A God who can, who can help you with your mourning. A God who can, who can bring comfort and peace even in the face of surgery or whatever it might be. You see, here's what it says in, in 835. Then Philip began with the very passage of Scripture, that very passage, the one in Isaiah was reading, and told him the good news about Jesus. See, the good news is about Jesus. That's the bottom line is Jesus. That's what we have to offer. And so when we're, we had, have the opportunity to step into something, just remember, whether you get a chance to share all the gospel or a little bit, you got to plant a little seed about Jesus because that's what you have to offer, right? Unless you're a doctor that can fix their brokenness, what you have to offer is Jesus, which takes the pressure off me because I don't have to heal them. I don't have to fix them. I don't have to save them. I just need to tell them about the one who can, right? And so when we come, like Philip, Let's come with something real, something more than just empty, empty, trite cliches, as harsh as that sounds, but we have something real to give them because Jesus really does change everything. It changed me. I know he can change you. And so we have something incredibly powerful to offer. You you have an interesting interaction you had this week. Yeah, I think a lot of these spiritual conversations that we're talking about, um, they don't, they're not on a calendar. You don't like get prepared for them, right? They're usually kind of, you just stumble upon these conversations. And I happen to stumble upon one this week where uh, I, I don't really know this guy at all. And I was just kind of asking him about um, his, his family and kind of his life. And he was telling me about his life. And, and then he said this one phrase, and I don't even remember what it was in relation to, but he says, you know, the big man upstairs. And I thought, are you challenging me right now? Like, are you you're asking me to ask you, aren't you? And so he finishes his thought, and I said, you said, you said something about the big man. I'm saying, are you a person of faith? What, what, do you, what do you think about that? I said, oh, yeah, 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 I'm a person of faith. Well, I should say I, I grew up Catholic, but I haven't been in a long time, but I definitely believe there's a God, and I, I just think if you really just trust this God and, and you try to do your best and you're a good person, then, you know, every, every religion is the same, and God's going to be happy with you. He'll, he'll, he'll let you into heaven. And I said, oh, okay. Um, now, how good do you have to be? Like, is it, like, I just have to be better than the next guy? Is there, like, some, like, scale or something like that? Like, how, how good do I have to be? And, and he said, oh, oh, man, I don't, I don't know. I said, well, what happens if you get there and you're not good enough? He says, oh, man, that's a good, I guess me and the big man will have to have a tough conversation. And I said, yeah, that will be a tough conversation. He said, uh, oh, man, I don't know. Yeah. And I said, well, okay, you said you believe in God, so you don't think there's only one God, right? He said, yeah, I think there's only one God. So what about all the people who believe that there's um, either millions of gods or there's multiple gods or there's a God, but it's an impersonal God? Or what do you do with all of those people who don't believe in the same God that you believe in? He said, oh, I don't know what to do with them. I said, oh, okay, all right. Um, I said, okay, well, how do you... How do you make sure that, that, like, that you and God are good? You know, because we, we both would agree that we don't live these perfect lives. How do you make sure that you're, you and God are good? And he's like, whew. I said, okay. Um, so here's what I just want to point out to you. I said, all of those beliefs that you have, where did you get those from? He said, oh, uh, well, I mean, I just look at the world, and I look at kind of how I would do things and how I think it would make sense and how God would see. I said, you do realize that you've, create an entire view of God and heaven and how you get there based on what you think. Now, I don't have that much confidence in myself. 
I, I don't think that I can base my whole life and eternity on what I think God is like and how I think he should behave. That's actually why I'm a Christian. The reason I'm Christian is because Jesus came along and he says, I am God incarnate and I have the very words of God. I'm speaking to you. I am God. I'm telling you what God is like. If you see me, you see God. And, and then he said, the things that you're saying, like if I'm good enough, he said, that's not true. He said, there's nobody who is good enough. In fact, that everyone's best deeds are like filthy rags, that there's no way to impress a perfect God. And, and so if you go there and you try to tell God, here's all the good stuff that I do, what's he gonna look at and say, oh, wow, that is really good. No, he's gonna say, what else he got? And then he also said that the reason why Jesus is here is because not only is he speaking um, and giving you the very words of life, but that he has to die on the cross because there's nothing that you can do. That was the whole point of the crucifixion. And I could tell he had a reverence for Jesus because he grew up Catholic. And I said, do you, do you think that Jesus rose from the dead? I said, yeah, I think so. I think so. I said, okay, let's, let's just review for a second here. You believe that Jesus rose from the dead and that he somehow um, came and taught all of these things about God, but yet you know more than he does. You realize that you've set yourself up in opposition of Jesus, right? Like you're better than Jesus. <laughs> He's like, oh, I said, oh, yeah, that's, that's troublesome. And um, I said, that's why I'm on Jesus' team, man, because I'm not that smart. And I don't have that much faith in myself, and there's nobody else around in the world that I can trust more than him. And so that's why I signed up to be on Jesus' team, and I think that you should be on Jesus' team too. And at that moment, his friends walked up, and he was heading out, but he said, hey, let's, let's talk about this a, a little bit more later. I said, okay, cool, and so we're supposed to connect, but here's what I was kind of hoping in that conversation was going to happen, is it's very rare that you have these conversations where you start to talk about Jesus, and then they just fall on their knees and go, you're right, I'm a wretched sinner, you know, and they just need, that very rarely happens. What usually happens is they kind of scratch their head and go, huh, I never thought of it like that before. You know, because we all have our opinions, and we think that they're right. That's why we, we hold them. And so we have these opinions, and somebody else comes and goes, well, have you thought about this and this and this? And we, all of a sudden, our opinions are challenged. That's what I was hoping to do, is I just, he just walks away, and I've kind of put a pebble in his shoe. And so now, this, throughout this weekend, throughout this week, he's just going, man, me against Jesus, huh? Whew, I never thought of it like that. Do I really have that kind of faith in myself? Do I really believe that? And so I'm hoping next time we have the conversation, that pebble has been eaten away in it at his foot, and he's going, all right, let's talk a little bit more about this Jesus. Because I, I want him to be bugged by Jesus. I really do. I want him to just be bugged by Jesus' claims. Not by me. I can do that. I can bug people. But I don't want it to be me. I want him to be bugged by what Jesus... Don't... Are you making faces over here? Are you... <laughs> okay. So we're praying. <laughs> So here's what's interesting, and Cody has a, a certain way that he talks to people. You might not do what he just did. You probably wouldn't do what he just did, and yet that's what God brought this gentleman across your path for. But here's what I want to remind you in 1 Corinthians 3. We're taught that some plant a seed, some water, and God gives the increase. What that means is you don't have to take... So everybody in the world is moving toward Jesus or away from Jesus right? You're either moving toward God or you're moving away from God. And when Jesus, there's an old book called The Hound of Heaven. When Jesus starts trying to move somebody toward himself, you're not the only person he's probably going to bring in contact with them. 
It's possible you're just there to plant a seed, put a pebble in their shoe, for them to think about something. Because, and the reason we do it is not more attendance to the church, not, not, not just on our gun belt, because Jesus has made such a difference in my life, in your life. We want to share that, even if it means putting a pebble in somebody's shoe, to give them something to think about. Hey, because it doesn't do any good to let them live uh, in ignorance if they're not really understanding the truth or haven't had an opportunity to come to grips with it. So you don't expect everything to work perfectly. All you got to do is what God asks you to do. Maybe you're supposed to water something that somebody planted when they were a kid. Maybe you're just supposed to plant a seed where they've never really heard this before. Maybe you get to do a harvest like we got to do last weekend. We got to invite people to Jesus and they came. And that wasn't based on that one service. That was based on people having input into their lives. So whether you're planting seeds, watering, harvesting, whatever it is, trust God with the outcome. Just be faithful to do your part. If it's putting a pebble in, great. If it's comforting somebody in a time of sorrow with the comfort that you receive from the Holy Spirit, comfort them, whatever it might be. Let me leave you with these, these um, three things. Um, and, and Brian and Nicole, who shared their testimony last week, and again, if you haven't seen it, go online and watch it. it, it he really did this. And, and all you've got to do is share with people is, first of all, tell them about your life before Christ. Before Christ, what was your life? His was prison and addiction. Yours probably isn't that drastic, but it might be. What was your life before Christ? And say, hey, I, I want to hear your story. And when they get done telling you their story, can I tell you a little my story? Would you mind? And then just before Christ, and then how you met Christ. Here's who I was before. Here's how I met Christ. Remember last week, the powerful moment in Brian's life. He couldn't even tell it. He had to have Nicole tell it because he was too choked up because he was in cancer treatment and he was in that treatment uh, room that day. And, and he called out to a God he didn't believe existed and asked for help. And peace came over him in that moment. Remember that moment when he said that? That was a powerful moment. It's powerful for him even today, years later, because that was the moment he received Jesus. He knew he was there. Tell that story. Yours might not be that powerful. Mine, mine I, I grew up in church, but I had to come to a personal relationship with Christ. I probably had that moment 12 times, but the theology I grew up in, I wasn't sure any of them took, so I kept going back, asking him to you know, accept me again. At some point, it took. At some point, I really became a Christian, and that's kind of part of my story, but here's the third part. Here's the before. Here's when I met Christ. And here's what happened after. Here's what my life is like now. Remember Brian saying, Jesus really changes everything. And his wife's sitting there grinning from ear to ear. And you could tell they're a loving couple. He changed my marriage. He changed our family, changed our business. He's changed my life. Do you remember him saying that? How powerful that was? You see, lots of people like to have theological arguments and philosophical arguments, but they can't argue with your story because your story is your story. And so this, what we're talking about is when God gives you an opportunity, just share as much of your story as somebody will let you. Just share your story with him. I still do that. I've been doing this a long time. I've studied a lot of scripture. I know a lot of theology. I know, I know some philosophy. But you know what I share is my story. Because people go, oh, that's interesting. Oh, I'm interested. How did, and, they, and it opens the door for some questions. And then when I've shared my story, I just kind of ask the Holy Spirit, what's the next step? Should I just let it go and just pray for them going forward? Should I invite them to church? Should I invite them to church before I get to share my story? Should I, should I start reading the Bible with them? The Holy Spirit will guide you, will help you to know what to do next. And sometimes all you get to do, like the story you had, is hope you get another chance and pray for them in the meantime. But the truth is there's no greater adventure than seeing somebody's life change for all of eternity. So um, we're going to finish uh, with, uh, with, with one little exercise we'd like to do, I think. Yeah, so in the lobby, if you came in, you saw that we created this giant prayer wall. 
And what we wanted to do was, we wanted to do two things. Is one, we wanted to hear what you're praying for, that you've been fasting and praying for, and that's probably a name. That's somebody in your life that you've been praying for, and that's a family friend, a family or a friend or coworker or spouse or whatever. Um, we would just ask that you would write their name on there and that you'd put that on the prayer wall, just so that we can pray with you, knowing that um, we're praying for these people that aren't here yet, is that they would be here. The other is that we want to hear your stories, is the prayers that you've been praying uh, over the last three weeks, and, and hear how God has been using you, and how he's been showing up, just like the stories we told today, is if you want to give us just a little snapshot of, hey, here's kind of what God did during this fast, and here's the, the breakthroughs, and here's the conversations I got to have, um, put that on there as well, and if you're willing to share those stories, put your contact information. We may shoot you an email and say, hey, we love your story. We want to hear more about that because it's so encouraging for the rest of the church. And so whether you're asking God for something or you're, you're thanking him for an answered prayer, we just uh, ask that you'd participate in that uh, prayer wall. So I'm going to give you a word, and it's the word yet. So maybe you've been praying for someone and thinking about someone you know life would be changed if they knew Jesus. Uh, don't give up. They're just not here yet. If God is on their trail and you're on their trail, they're just not here yet. And God loves them that much. He will pursue them. And so don't give up. And if you're here today and you've never accepted Christ and you sense that you need to, there'll be some folks down front would love to pray with you afterwards. And just a simple prayer, you're not signing up to belong to this church. You can't even do that, I don't think. Anyway, I don't know, different, different subject. Uh, the reality is, is you could do it today. You could accept Christ today and just let him be in charge of your life. Forgive everything you've ever done wrong. Be in charge of who you are today and your impact in the world today and promise of heaven forever. A real place. Uh, and real promise bought by Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection. And we'd love for you to do that. So I'm going to ask Cody to close in prayer, and then we're going to go break this fast. Well, I already broke mine, but those of you who are still fasting. I'll break it again. Break it again twice? Yeah. Yeah. Double break? Break every fast. Break it. No, that's no. not the song. Okay. It didn't catch on like I thought it was going to. Anyway, let's pray. Lord God, thank you so much for uh, how good you've been to us as a church and just what you've done over the last 21 days and how um, there's been so many breakthroughs. Uh, there has... Um, there's been so many um, relationships that were, were made, especially a, a deepening relationship with you. And so, Lord God, we pray for those who aren't here yet, um, that you would continue to work, that we will continue to look forward to the day that they walk through these doors and the day that they say yes to the invitation to follow you. And so, Lord God, um, we just pray that you would honor this time that we have spent fasting and praying. And this is not the end, but this is the beginning of us, uh, a new attitude that we have and a, a new desire that we as a church have to see you use us in order to um, bring your message to people outside of these doors. Lord, we love you. We thank you. It's your name we pray. Amen.